Boom, boom, boom. At Grandma's house, at Grandma's house, I'm always welcome without a doubt. No chores to do when the conditions are few. So welcome to Grandma's house. It is Wednesday, no, it's Thursday, November 30th, A.D. 2023, Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. It's 9.01 a.m., U.S. Pacific Daylight Time. Here in Los Angeles. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're going to have a fun show today, I think. A loosey-goosey show. You know, um, lots of stuff in the news. Lots of items in the news that I'd like to touch on. Um, Elon Musk on Twitter, on X. Uh, that anti-gun Brit foreigner, Pierce Morgan, is... At it again, going against the guns and people's right to defend themselves, specifically Kyle, Jack Bauer, John Wick, Rittenhouse. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm going to play like maybe a five minute clip of him going crazy. Uh, not going crazy, but doing his interview with uh, pro gun icons. He previously, in years past, decades past, interviewed my competitor, AJ, Alex Jones. He's my competitor. And, uh, you know, he interviewed Ben Shapiro. That's when Ben Shapiro came to the forefront of my mind. When Ben Shapiro clowned, destroyed Piers Morgan on his own show. (laughs) And he interviewed uh, various other guys. John R. Lott Jr., Dr. John R. Lott Jr. of Crime Prevention Research Center, crimeresearch.org. And many others. The guy from Gun Owners of America, I think. Alan Gottlieb. Um, Anyway, so hopefully I'll get to that. And this SJW was killed in L.A. Maybe not an SJW, SJA, social justice activist. Who was in, he was like rubbing elbows with that rapper Common, who looks like uh, Andrew Tate to me a little bit when you, at first glance. And he got killed, he got murdered by a homeless black female, allegedly. It's crazy. So anyway, all that and your calls, guys, if you'd like to call in. Some of you already on hold. But anyway, everybody, let's get right on with the... Show! One, two, three, four. Oh, it's the Hague Report. The Hague Report. La, la, la. Oh, it's the Hague Report. The Hague Report. La, la, la. Hey, guys! guys doing i am fine i am live on kick d live rumble odyssey why am i pointing like that um and x and facebook is anybody watching on the facebook crew facebook.com slash the hate report 
slash videos. I see one in there. Maybe that's me. <laughs> I see one like. Maybe that was me. Uh, let me get right away to a caller here um, or two, guys. You can call in one 888 By the way, I'm wearing my Knowledge is Poison t-shirt. And at one point, I forgot why I made this. <laughs> or maybe it was the... No, no, it was this one. Knowledge is Poison. Because people get a little knowledge and they get puffed up. And you know what else puffs you up? Poison. You get all swollen. Or is it venom? When you get... Yeah, you, you get swollen with venom, huh? Anyway. Um, or you get poisoned by venom. But, yeah, so watch out with that stuff. I, it's fine to get some knowledge, but that stuff is poison. In, uh, in bits. In bits. David in Ocala, Florida, is on the line. David, thanks for calling, man. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing fine, Mr. Hake. You had a great show yesterday. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah, I interviewed uh, that guy, Krishan the Don. Yeah. Of yeah, Misfit yeah. Nation. That was a fun interview. He talked well, about women voting. He, yeah, he's got a lot of good points. For sure. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, 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 I thought of that years ago when, you know, they gave him the right to vote, that it was just, you know, major mistake. Interesting, man. So you knew yeah. that independently without anybody having said it, huh? Yeah. Well, I put it together with, with here, I'll give you some examples. Elizabeth Warren, Maxine Waters, Hillary right. Clinton. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh-huh. Michelle Obama. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, we don't, you know, that's it. And honestly, even the, the conservative ladies, and there are ones whom I've liked over the years. There's that, this one gal, uh, Michelle Bachman. Michelle with one L, Bachman with two N's, I think. She seemed mm-hmm. cool. She's she's never seemed off, but yeah, I don't but know. See, but yeah. I don't know like the inner workings of her life and stuff like that. You know, I don't think women should be in leadership. I haven't yeah, liked uh, even Marjorie Green. She's kind of messed up her family life apparently. Well, I don't know. Somehow they are getting divorced. She's a married mother of of some children. Right, right, yeah, it's yeah. Not good. She's a, she, she's a, she's got the right heart, you know. She's going, she's trying to help. But look, man, this, this is the one thing I want to say. This thing is not coming back. You know, I feel yeah. sorry for the people in your your age group. I really do. You're talking about this you know, thing is in America. Yeah, it's not coming back. It's not coming back because see, their plan was this. You know, they had Obama for eight years. Okay. Yeah. He's the one that really ramped this up. I mean, our our, he really our did. Was, yeah, our country was healing. Okay. I don't so know if it was really. I don't think that, that it was. I don't think it was truly yeah, going in the right direction. I think it well, was a shell. Well, I know we talked about this before, but compared to the seventies, you know, it was. Okay. I mean compared to you know, because look, man, there was a lot of when they when they did segregation, these kids were fighting like crazy. I mean, we're talking, you know, blacks against whites after school. Okay. I mean, it was I mean, dude, I grew up with this, okay. I've seen it. But that okay? happened that's happening to this day, honestly. Yeah, but not as bad like, well, yeah, because once Obama came in, he ramped it all back up. Let's hate the cops. You know, he did, like, he did, but yeah. I think that it was still ha- going on even in the 90s oh, yeah. and, and 80s, yeah, man. Yeah, but, but not to the extreme. For okay? sure. You know, they, he poured but you're gas saying, on the But fire. you're saying that the <laughs> 70s, that you're saying that the 80s and 90s were better than the 70s, maybe because 
they turned us all like effeminate and soft and gay. Well, I'm not, but people are. No, I think we were just. I think people were tired of it and they wanted to move on, so they had to get to another generation. Okay, and say, yeah. "Hey, look, see how oppressed you are. Whitey hates you. You know, right? It's like, like in the movie The Jerk, the you know, the father tells Steve Martin, uh, never trust Whitey. You know, I used to joke to black people about that all the time. I quote that line. That's funny. <laughs> say, yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I don't know if I saw Whitey. that movie. Yeah, yeah. But I you know, honestly, I I really stupid. think that we replaced different forms of evil for different forms of evil because in the seventies. Um, and 80s and 90s, there was this violent crime going out of control, 60s too. And then, like, I think it peaked in the late 80s, early 90s, right? And then violent crime went down, but I feel like that's partly because they turned guys into more female evil than rather than the manly evil of murder and stuff like that. We okay. turned into female soft gay evil, you know, like, um, it turns, they turn men soft and boys soft. And that's, and that was their solution to the violence in my, in my conspiracy theory. That's the the solution to the violence was turning men into girls. And so now because everybody's a girl, everybody's emotional and overreacting and feeling sorry for the wrong people and shouldn't even feel sorry for anybody. And taking the wrong side or taking sides, period. And it's, and now we're just even worse off. It's kind of like, um, it was, let's say it was wrong to, uh, to um, murder people for, for different things, right? But now uh-huh. they're embracing and celebrating them as, as prideful. Pride. And so you've gone to the opposite extreme and it's, it's turned into soft woman evil. So that's my theory about why the race thing seemed to be doing better. It was just, mm. it was just a calm before the storm because that's not the only type of evil in the world, you know? I got you. So my, my approach is, to, I, I look at it as control out of chaos, okay? They got to keep the chaos going. If they don't have the chaos going, then uh, they, they're going to lose their control. And that's, that's what true. you got. You got 50% of the country now saying, look, I had enough of this, but the other 50% is like all in on it. So, you know, I feel that they already had a plan, okay, to have, uh, that's why they're letting in all these illegals, okay? Uh, first off, those people are going to replace the blacks because the blacks are waking up, okay? So now they're going to have another minority that they can get their voter bases off of. They had a plan to have Obama in for eight years, Hillary in for eight years, and then somebody like Biden or whatever to come in for another eight years, maybe uh, the governor of California. Um, And then they would have it tied up for 24 years, okay? But Trump broke that cycle, okay? And, 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 uh, man, are they vicious towards him. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen anything like this in my life. You know, they put out all these lies, like we talked about in the newscast, you know, Russian disinformation, you know, blah, blah, just constant, you know. And then when it's found out that it's not, it's not true, they don't never come back and apologize. They I never know. come back and say, oh, we're sorry, we were wrong. Right. No, that's only when it's politically expedient for some other reason do they do mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, they, and now they're But you're so right about the, the chaos stuff because they like it to be a little out of control so that they can have an 
excuse to uh, swoop in with their fake solutions to the problems that they created. Right. So true, right. man. Yeah, and you got you got many people that are wrapped up in this thing. I mean, because let's say, for example, if they if they if crime went way down, okay, and all these people weren't going into prison and all that kind of stuff, then these people would lose their job. I know, you know huh? You know, I mean, it's a vicious cycle. Right. I mean, that's partly why there's like this perverse reason to keep health crises. I mean, I'm not saying that that's what they're doing, but health crises and climate crises and all that stuff. uh, There's like perverse reasons to drum up this type of thing. And there have been, haven't there been like climate activists who've been, like, terrorists and done things that have done, like, great evil uh, to the environment, and they're doing it in order to uh, say, oh, see, we need climate something. Just like there's been blacks and gays who've faked hate crimes, and they do it a lot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, yeah, they need, they, need a, they need some crisis to exist. Well, some of this climate stuff's backfiring because the car manufacturers are like, hey, listen... Okay, it's not working out. These people don't want these electric cars like y'all think. We got them sitting on our lot. We got millions, billions of inventory tied up. Wow. I, mean, I saw a video the other night of somebody filmed this with their phone and they put it on uh, face uh, on YouTube. And I think it was in California where you live. And they were driving around to these charging stations. And there was like 10 of them or say 12 charging stations. They were all filled up. And there was a line of like twenty cars waiting to get into these charging stations. Wow! And he and he filmed them, and he said, "Look, this is what we got to go through with these electric cars. You know, the people aren't buying their bull crap." Okay. Oh, terrible! <laughs> Don't say that word, kids. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. Uh, I forgot about that. That's but, funny. You know, man. the Bible. Back to the women. The women are aren't aren't equal as men. I mean, right. There is know, no such thing as equality. That's like. That's, like, what do you even mean by that? It's just an emotional word to get people to think about a fake version of justice. Go ahead. Uh, right. Well, you know, the Bible says it's God, man, woman, and the children. You know, and it's funny what y'all talk about. You know, my mother, the older she's gotten, the more emotional she's gotten, okay? Yeah. And I just had a conversation with her on the phone this morning. about Really? She's like, gotten more emotional? Yes. Yeah, she got more emotional the older she got. Yikes. I mean, she'll just start crying at the drop of a hat over something, you know? Yeah. And uh, I used to think she was super strong, you know, as a kid. But, you know, the, anyway, the moral of the story is I started thinking about what y'all were ta- talking about sometimes about the women. And, and, and I'm like, well, it's right there in my mother this morning, you know, getting all emotional over, you know, something. So they don't think logically is what I'm getting to. Yeah, that's That's why true. they're not supposed to go to war. Right. They're not supposed to be in the military. Okay. See how they brought in, they brought women in first into the military and then the, then the trans, the LGBTQ and all that afterwards. Yeah, that's true. I remember when they were bringing women into the military Mm -hmm. and then later on they started bringing gays in the military. Right. I was a little kid when this stuff was going on and then, uh, evil Clinton brought in that don't ask, don't tell. Right. Saying, oh, you can you can do it, just don't say it. And then uh, right. Obama repealed that so that not to say, no, gays can't serve in the military. No, but d- you can ask and you can tell. That's nasty. 
see how see how it's all planned up. See, yep. that's why I like talking to you, man, because you're you're just a generation behind me. Yep. So you can you can see the the other side of what I saw because, like I told you, you know, I didn't know anything about racism until I went into the first grade. That's I learned funny. racism in, in in elementary school. From from who? From blacks or whites or? Yeah, yeah, from blacks. Yeah, I know. I told you they called me a cracker. Yeah, I, they were talk- I was so naive. I thought they were talking about a saltine cracker because I was white. Yep, they're called. Out two years later, what that meant. That's so funny. I didn't like it. Didn't even it didn't even matter to me. I didn't even relate to this racism thing at all. As mm-hmm. a kid, I'm like, oh, who could who could even judge by that? Like of course, duh. Uh, Content of character, but then, uh, but then you, the bad kids, the poor kids come in in like seventh and eighth grade, and they're like, "Oh, white boy, this and chino that," because they're Mexicans, (laughs) and so it was like the Mexicans, and then the Asians, and then the whites at the bottom, and then there's blacks, a few blacks sprinkled around, like doing whatever. Well, that's why I agree with what he said yesterday. You know, you know. See, I'm wondering if they figured out that this was going to happen when they uh, brought in uh, uh, what 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 is it? shoot uh, when they mixed the races in school integration. Oh, integration, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they brought that in, because because before that, you know, the blacks stayed with the blacks, like like Jesse says, they had the blacks had their own property, you know, they had their own stuff, yada right. yada, yada. They were married and all that. Then they brought this you know, this integration integration in, and it all heck broke loose. You got people wanting to fight each other in buses, and, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, you That's know, it's so like, true. Like, a, like they plan this, okay? It's pre-planned, you know, because uh, it they might be have division. Because I don't know if they understand. Some of them do understand human nature, and they know that this is going to happen. Others of them are just mamas who just create mess by meddling. You know how mamas mm-hmm. do that? They just cause even more problems. And by mamas, I don't just mean women. I mean, like, male mamas, too, because they have that evil, meddling, fake, uh, fake sympathy kick, emotional mm-hmm. spirit. And they, and they meddle like that. Or at least that's the excuse they use. That's the excuse that George Soros uses oftentimes. I'll, I'll yeah, hear him talk. Yeah, we don't let a guy like that come in here and destroy our country. <laughs> it's crazy. It's uh, it's only it's only work. able to be done because people agree with him, and because maybe we overreact to him to people like that. We overreact. Well, no, those are the those are the children of the lie, man. Like y'all talk about, those people are man. Right. They they, they, they have all these. You know, it's like here. Uh, you hear about the 13-year-old kid that tried to carjack an agent, I think it was in Chicago, and the guy <laughs> shot him and shot him. And wow. He, and he, it ended, ended him, okay? Whoa. And this young man had been arrested nine times. He was only 13, year old, 13 years old in a 20-mile period. I mean, a 20-mile radius, okay? He had wow. been arrested nine times. Five carjackings, two arm robberies, all that kind of junk. What? Oh yeah, and he so was not in juvie, juvenile no, hall. He wasn't in juvie. They let him out. So, so uh, Kim Fox, I think, is her name up there. Okay, yeah, the AG she, or whatever she is. Yeah. So, District so attorney. anyway, they 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 interviewed the school, of course, and you know he was such a bright young man, and <laughs> and the 
the principal said, you know, he used to tell me I run this school. Now, can you believe that? Principal going to put up with a 13-year-old. The 13-year-old boy said I used to run this school. (laughs) No, I run this school. He told the freaking principal to his face, I run this school. I knew kids kind of like that. Maybe not that bold, but they were kind of charming and Mexican. But... That's wild. That's funny, man. That's it's not I'm funny. That's this, evil. It's crazy. Yeah, this is why I'm telling you this ain't coming back. And I, let me just tell you this last one up there. Some kid they carjacked the, they carjacked this car from these people, right? The police are chasing them. Okay, they go into an intersection, run into this lady's car, and kill her baby. And they get they let them out on uh, misdemeanors. Don't go after them for. Uh, involuntary manslaughter or anything because it was 16 and 17 year old kids yeah juveniles well when people see that they feel that there's no justice yeah of course there isn't no no but that's uh, the world we live in man that's why you just have to take responsibility and protect yourself Uh, and i'm not saying be crazy i'm talking about be wise and yeah i know because you know i'm crazy (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't saying that because of you. I was saying it because, you know, people might act out and open carry and brandish guns. And not that there's anything wrong with open carrying in, a, in the right uh, time and place. But mm-hmm. people get, people go, people go nuts because they overreact to the hell on earth. So Well, that people need to start overacting, okay? No, 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 no. That's not going to no, work. No, I don't mean like that. I mean, they need to be aware of their surroundings and, and uh, pay attention to what's going on around them. Yeah. You know, because, you know, so, so. All right, well, listen. Hey, thanks for having me on the show again. You have a great day, hey? Okay? You too, man. appreciate you. Take okay. care, David. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. David Ocala. He's Gen X. Generation X. I'm almost Gen X. I feel like a, a connection with Gen X. Oh, is there a black screen with a Twitch? Did you know Hake is on twitch.tv slash the Hake Report? And, uh, oh, it's saying offline. Darn. Um, just let me, pardon my strange interlude. I'm just going to check my stream over here. Not that Twitch is all that important. Well, when I, when I take off my headphones, I'm talking loud. Those poor people, I have the door open to the studio, and they can probably hear everything. And then some. It's perfect for stream, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, sorry, Twitch users. I'm not uh, apparently streaming on, streaming for you. Okay, it's trying. It's offline. It says live. In the world, whatever. I'm shaking my head. Okay, let me get to this. You guys can call in one eight 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 seven seven five three seven seven three. Pierce Morgan is at it again. Uh, gather clip forty one there for me, Hassan. Censored men posted this on X. Pierce Morgan, you know that foreigner, far left. Well, I guess he's not even that far. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Anti-Second Amendment, we'll put it that way. Girly man. Censored JLP, by the way. Kicked him off the, jet, the his Good Morning Britain show. Because he's a British foreigner. I'm calling him a foreigner rather than a British brother. Because Englishmen are our brothers 
in America, but this man is no brother. Uh, when it comes to me too, maybe he's a brother. But when it comes to the Second Amendment, he's no brother. He, he is against the Second Amendment. He's, um, he's for the censorship of uh, the truth about the uh, Black Lives Matter and the radical fat black lesbians who started Black Lives Matter. And he's lame, and he denies that there's any evidence that Trayvon Martin was a thug, as JLP told him on CNN when he had his CNN show. He was tanking the rank. I guess he was tanking the ratings of CNN. But yet he made CNN more interesting because he had all these pro-gun guys on CNN. So I don't know how he was tanking the ratings. Maybe people just hated him. It's kind of like there was this guy who brought Trump... I know this is a long intro. Um, there was this guy f- who was running CNN for a bit. He brought Trump on. Remember that Trump town hall with that one gal who was trying to be smart mouth, Mrs. Smarty Pants or a smarty dress skirt with him? And he was just steamrolling over her and she couldn't keep up with it, all his quote unquote lies. He, they got rid of him. But that was a great ratings thing for them. But they got rid of him because over at CNN, the employees are so liberal and off the deep end, and most of the people who watch CNN are lame and don't like hearing the truth, so they prefer the lies. So anyway, Pierce Morgan is over in Britain, and he uh, runs this show called Talk TV or something like that. I don't know. And he was interviewing Kyle Jack Bauer, John Wick Rittenhouse of Kenosha fame. Kenosha, Wisconsin. I thought it was this wonderful place where college athletes go and run their races at the national level for NAIA, the Christian League or whatever. (laughs) I remember uh, my sister running in Kenosha, Wisconsin for cross country. And that's what I knew Kenosha, Wisconsin for. Like, people go over there and run. Well, actually, there's blacks in Kenosha, and one guy, one black got himself shot by the cops because a black woman called the cops on him. I think his baby's mother called the cops on him. He came in to break up a fight between black women yelling and fighting at each other, and then he was allegedly trying to kidnap his own children. You, you do the math. In a, uh, or something. And he was going into the... He was... Didn't, police were called on him, and uh, he went in it to the driver's side, got a knife. They're like, put down the knife, put down the knife, and they shot him in the back. He survived, but I think he's, I think he's uh, paralyzed. And so, oh, cop, white cop shot a black man. It was justified, my opinion. My non-expert opinion. And they rioted. Evil people from around the the country came into uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, and rioted. Kyle Jack Bauer, John Wick Rittenhouse, is from not far away, maybe 15 miles or 30 minutes or 45 minutes away, and he works, lives, lives nearby, works in Kenosha, and he goes, is a do-gooder, cleaning up graffiti over there, just being a do-gooder. He knows guns, son of a single mother, right? Single mother but reasonably well-adjusted. He goes over there with his AR-15 or a friend's AR-15, and he can legally have it. And is uh, defending businesses, because businesses were getting burned down 
by evil Antifa and Black Lives Matter. You guys know this story. And then evil Antifa and Black Lives Matter, these Jewish guys, these Jewish liberals, who some of them have sketchy backgrounds, are like, shoot me, N-word, shoot me, Enga. This one guy did that. He's on video saying that, and then he tries, allegedly, tries to grab the gun from, from, uh, from Kyle Jack Bauer, John Wick, Rittenhouse, and Kyle is forced into a self-defense situation and uh, shoots him. And then this other guy, like, they start chasing him. These people start chasing him. This guy with a skateboard comes and tries to swing on him. He shoots him because he swings on him and tries to grab the gun, and the the gun is pointed at at the guy's chest, and Kyle has to shoot to defend himself. Kills that guy. This other guy comes at him with a pistol. Kyle shoots off. The ulna or radius, I don't know which, shoots him in the arm and his arm goes limp, his forearm goes limp. Good thing because the guy was coming at him with a pistol, Gage Grossenkreutz or whatever his name is. So that guy survived, but his arm's messed up. He got hit by a car by a black, I think, hit and run more recently. And then there's this black guy who tries to jump kick him. Kyle fires into the air, misses that guy. Hey, he missed the black guy. And these evil people, these communists, don't care about the truth. They try to accuse him of, like, oh, mass shooter. And the dumb crowd's following him, believing the crowd. You don't know what's going on. And so people were like, oh, it's murder and stuff like that. And he was acquitted. So Pierce Morgan is interviewing him a few years later. He was 17 at the time. Now I guess he's 20. And listen to this. Here's Pierce Morgan versus Kyle Rittenhouse. Human level. You know, you're very young even now. What are you, 20 years old now? Yes, sir. And, and you've killed two human beings and wounded a third. I just wonder how that feels. I don't think that's an appropriate question to ask how it feels. It's not an easy thing to do. It's something I live with every single day. It's nightmares I have. It's something that I have to deal with. I have to deal with the PTSD and the trauma from having to do that. Right. I mean, but it seems to me your emotions are more about you and your trauma because your life was being threatened and, and that side of it, rather than the question I'm asking, which is simply on a human level, how do you feel about being so young and yet having on the record for the rest of your life now that you took the lives of two people, regardless of the circumstances? And- And like I just said, it's something I deal with every day. I deal with the PTSD and the trauma and the nightmares. It's not easy to deal with it. Your book, um, presumably you're going to make money from this book. Do you feel comfortable making money from from this, which ultimately is a a, a tragic story? Um, You know, again, I repeat, you were acquitted. There's no reason you can't do a book. But do you feel comfortable making a lot of money out of essentially what in the end was an incident that cost the lives of other humans? Well, I'm not writing the book to make money. I'm writing the book to tell the story of what happened. I'm telling, trying to change the narrative that media keeps putting out there that I'm some type of white supremacist, racist person when that's just not true. I'm a 20-year-old kid who was put in a situation to where I was forced to defend myself, and I'm writing to put that into a book. I wrote to put the, I wrote a story and put that in a book so I can share that with everybody so they can understand what I went through, how my childhood was growing up, and the difficulties I deal with today. And you can check out the book at rittenhousebook.org if you want to read it and learn the truth for yourself. 
How do you feel that you became a hero to many on the far right, kind of made you their poster boy? Well, Pierce, I'm not a hero. I did what I had to do to, to defend myself. There are countless Americans every day that defend themselves. And it's not a heroic thing to do. It doesn't make you a villain, but it doesn't make you a hero. It's doing the right thing to, to stay alive. If I, didn't, if I didn't defend myself, I wouldn't be here talking today. You were 17 at the time. You were too young to legally acquire the gun that you used. That, that's not true. It's not true? <laughs> nice. That is not true. Wisconsin statute says a person under between the ages of 16 and 17 can, car can carry a long rifle with a barrel longer than 16 inches. That's Wisconsin law, and the judge dismissed that charge. Okay, so you were... Le Let me ask you, look, I, I'm in the country right now, and I've talked about this many times, both here and in America, and I've learned Americans want to handle their own gun culture the way they want to handle it. I respect that. But let me ask yeah, you, right. do you think it's right that 17-year-olds in America, in Wisconsin, should be able to carry around semi-automatic rifles like an AR-15? Yes. Our founding fathers were very intentional when they wrote the Constitution. They didn't put an age limit on how old you have to be to um, exercise the Second Amendment. But they did say it would be part of a well-regulated militia. They also didn't put an age in it, and we have the right to bear arms. It's our right as Americans to, to possess these arms, to carry these, ar these firearms, and to use them to protect ourselves. How do, how do people treat you, Carl, when you, when you walk around there? Well, there, there is some harassment. Um, I'm constantly having photos taken of me. I'm constantly receiving death threats on social media. And it's just something that is part of my life now having pictures taken of me everywhere I go and the constant, constant harassment and death threats. Obviously, by doing a book and promoting it in the way that you are on national television around the world, you're going to make yourself even more famous, infamous, whatever you want to call it. Um, is, that, is that something you're aware of, that you're deliberately, consciously doing that? I'm aware that it's going to bring some more notoriety to my name and make me more known, but... I think it's worth that risk to share my story and share what happened just in the hopes that maybe somebody who else, somebody else who goes through a similar situation or faces other trials in their life, they can read it and they can understand that they're not alone and that this happens to other people with the misjustice that does happen in America. Okay. Carl Rittenhouse, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Wasn't that sweet? Don't you like Pierce Morgan's voice and his uh, accent? So he, what's he doing in America? And let's him bash the Second Amendment. Um, it was interesting hearing him talk. Pier, uh, Pierce Morgan's guest, Kyle Jack Bauer, John Wick Rittenhouse, of uh, him talking about his PTSD and his trauma and his nightmares he lives with every day. I hope that he doesn't hold on to that. I hope that's just talking points. Oh, I live with that. I would like to see a young man like him get past that. Because, yeah, that's wild. Imagine, you're just this nice guy. Well-trained, well-regulated militiaman. Which is what he was. Although he did get separated from his group. He did get separated from his group somehow. I don't know if that was his fault or whose fault that was or whatever that put him... 
that put him more at risk to be in a self-defense situation? I don't know. <laughs> Spoiler alert says, I wouldn't be alive if I didn't do what I did, quoting Kyle. But doesn't it make you feel bad? <laughs> Pierce. Pierce Morgan. Calling it a tragic story. I don't think of it as a tragic story. The good guy, the uh, relatively innocent young man, survived. And the guilty ones, some of them survived. Some of them survived. The ones who acted foolishly got what they brought on themselves, honestly. They brought it on themselves. I don't celebrate uh, death and destruction and violence, nor does Kyle. You can clearly see he doesn't. Um, people have pointed out the backgrounds of these guys who've, who got killed. Sketchy backgrounds. People say that he, he made the world a better place. I mean, it can be used, incidents can be used for good or evil. It's how you respond to it. Don't fight with the devils, right? He says, you were acquitted. That's like, oh... That's kind of like me saying, oh, he was convicted. Such and such person was, like when I say Derek Chauvin was convicted, I put it in quotes with an asterisk of quote-unquote murder. It was almost like, couldn't you plainly see that this young man was innocently defending himself? He never should have been charged in the first place. If you guys saw the video, I saw the video. The Chiron, the bottom lower third uh, little label, Underneath this interview said, new book criticized as cashing in on the fatal shootings. Do you feel comfortable um, making money off of death? Yes. People make money off of death all the time. It's called abortion. Or it's called the so-called health industry. Or it's called uh, the um, people who, the undertakers. Well, I don't know if they call them undertakers anymore. They don't call them that anymore. They call them nice things. Legacy people, or whatever. (laughs) I noticed he called himself a 20-year-old kid. You're not a kid, Kyle. Jack Bauer, John Wick, Rittenhouse. I know that we're all overgrown kids now, but we're not kids. Don't be a kid. He said, I liked that, his plug, rittenhousebook.org. He should have said that a couple more times, but he said rittenhousebook.org. Probably had to grow up fast, says Joel Friday, who says, Right on, Kyle. I went to Rittenhouse. Oh, it's called rap music, says Big Bump. Yeah, that's right. Didn't, didn't, uh, didn't, uh, Snoop Dogg? It's not Snoop Lion anymore, is it? Didn't he have a song called 187? Something like that. Murder was the case. Because he was in a vehicle that, from which... Allegedly, I heard, I don't know, there was like a shooting down in Culver City, somewhere around there. And the guy got, they shot him and then drove off. Rittenhousebook.com. I liked how he said that, I'm not a hero. Just uh, defended myself. Right on. Just like Jack, and he did it. In good working condition. That's called well-regulated. He didn't shoot anybody errantly. Good for you, Kyle, Jack Bauer, John Wick, Rittenhouse. 
Jack Bauer is the guy from 24. He's kind of uh, not that in shape looking, but he's kind of older and very capable. Played by Kiefer Sutherland, son of that other guy, Sutherland. I like watching him act. And uh, John Wick. Some of you guys don't like John Wick. <laughs> I was listening to The Crypto Report, Asmodor's show, talking about John Wick's, uh, their music, just bits, bits and tastes of music, which is not, he didn't like that. But I like John Wick because he's like very capable. Black Rifle, coffee. Not run by Christians, I heard. Not normal whites. Pretend like they're so tough and for the Second Amendment and the veterans. Oh, we're for the veterans. That doesn't include Kyle. They don't want the blowback from the evil people. The unchristian people who want to smear Kyle. Who wore a Black Rifle Coffee t-shirt. And Elijah Schaefer, slightly offensive, who's been on the Fallen State and the uh, radio show, Jesse Lee Peterson show, multiple times. He's, he gr- snatched that picture of Kyle wearing the Black Rifle Coffee t-shirt and plugged a little uh, Black Rifle Coffee deal, and Black Rifle's like, take that down, take that down. Because they're not run by men of veteran-owned, yeah, veterans. Two, I spit at the notion that we should just knee-jerk response respect our veterans just because they're veterans. I respect people. Veterans can be decent men of honor or they can be dirtbags <laughs> or lamos or women or LGBT IQs. There was one transgender guy who is a Marine and then he stopped being transgender, I heard. Speaking of veterans, side note. Pierce respects, pretends like he respects that Americans want to handle their gun cultures the way they handle our gun, we handle our gun culture. Well-regulated militia is not what you think, Pierce Morgan. Well-regulated doesn't mean government regulation. It just means in good working order and quite capable. (laughs) Let me not celebrate violence. (laughs) <laughs> oh, but I'm not on YouTube. I can, I can celebrate. I can celebrate decency. The half decency that we see. The little, bright, the little light within Kyle, Jack Bauer, John Wick Rittenhouse. Willie Powell comments, Yo, where is Hake? Well, Willie Powell, I am uh, on Rumble. Rumble. I put tumble. Psh. Let me read some super chats here, guys. I think that there was one at least that came in yesterday. Barf boy bought a coffee on buymeacoffee.com slash the Hake Report. I managed to listen to Joel Friday TV after Hake this week. That was on Tuesday. Joel Friday TV on Tuesday. One was deep, interesting, and thoughtful. One show. The other is a 40-year-old, 40-something-year-old who talks about his plushie. What do you mean, barf boy? You talk about this plushie? 
It's we don't call it plushies here because we're Gen X millennials. And it's called a stuffed octopus with its tentacles. And this helps autistic people express themselves. Kind of like children. It's comforting. Feels nice. And it helps me angry face octopus. Hank doesn't feel like talking right now. So this octopus is going to talk right now. Watch out for those tentacles. They'll get you. Their stickers have little spikes in them and the poison in them. They'll put you to sleep. It's an amazing plushie. And shout out to Carver for it. <laughs> uh, give me time. I have barely scratched the surface of the depths of lessons to be, to be gleaned from this stuffed animal, not plushie. Barf boy, you're one to talk, barf boy, with your name. <laughs> no, but thank you, man. I think there's some truth to that. Uh, Joel Friday does, uh, he co- covers, or tries to anyway, some deep and interesting and serious and real life uh, relationship, spiritual, and practical living issues. So that's cool. And I, uh, I've given up on being deep. I am only, if there's any, ever any depth, it's only by accident. <laughs> Let me just double check for any other Super Chats. Thank you guys for the lemons and ice creams, you uh, red-headed stepchildren. <laughs> this is turning into the Muppet Show. Okay, let me stop. Uh, you red-headed stepchildren and D-Live crew. Jim Henson got nothing on Hake, says Misty. All right, moving on. Oh, speaking of self-defense situations, this man, unfortunately, was not able to defend himself. He was trying to do what's right, I guess. This SJW, I don't know if he was an SJW warrior, may not be the right word for it, allegedly murdered in his home... Or in a home, in an apartment, whatever. Right over there in a Mid-Wilshire area. Not far from where Biggie got murdered. By a homeless bum black woman. I wonder if she knew him. I saw this tweet from End Wokeness, this post on X, formerly known as Twitter. Breaking woke social justice activist and founder of Lead With Love. Lead With Love. These liberals using the term love. They mean, well, maybe... Maybe this guy meant well, right? They don't know what love is. But anyway, killed in L.A. Not Louisiana, but Los Angeles. Michael Lott, age 33. Let's see if I can find this. SJW guy killed by homeless invader. Uh, Is the uh, folder there, Hassan? Michael Lott, L-A-T-T. Age 33, of course, 33, was killed in his home by a homeless woman, Jamila Michael, Michael, Mitchell. And there's headlines on it from major news sources. My news source was End Wokeness on X. But uh, Variety posted about Michael Latt, strategist on social justice marketing campaigns, which is not justice. And there he is, there he is, Posing for a picture in front of one of those wallpaper 
backdrop things that the showbiz type people have on their red carpets or whatever. Uh, shot and killed by an intruder into his home, I guess. It's an article by Gene Maddias. And I saw this, uh, go to the first one, the, the end wokeness one, the f- number one. There's pictures of this, I'm like, which guy is it? Because I see these two pictures of uh, this person that looks like, is that Andrew Tate? I was like, is that Andrew Tate? Doesn't that look like Andrew Tate? <laughs> We're looking at a few photos posted in this X post by End uh, Wokeness. We being Hake and whoever's watching the video. And it has this young, whitish-looking man, stocky, holding his hands together in a, like a prayerful, thankful, nice pose. And no, that is not, that's not Andrew Tate, that's Common! The rapper. He's wearing a t-shirt with his Black Lives Matter fist. He's a rapper slash actor. He was in the, uh, one of the John Wick movies, by the way. He could move, I saw, in the John Wick movies, if that was really him, which I believe. He's holding his Black Lives Matter communist evil black fist. Black power fist. And he's also there with, uh, there's other pictures. There's, like, bigger pictures. Uh, in like, number two, three, four. Yeah, that's Common. So, from far away, Common... See, that's proof that Andrew Tate is part black, because Common looks kind of like Andrew Tate. And the people in the replies are like, the thing he fought for helped... killed him. And helped killed him. The homeless and blacks and women and stuff. Social justice advocate must be a dangerous job. So many getting taken out for what they advocate for. California's been conquered. Move out while you still can, says one person. His family will push for the killer to be freed because that's what he would have want, wanted. Some, someone speculates. We'll rest in peace to this young man. Age 33. Uh, there's other pictures of him with these female congressmen. And uh, there's Common again. And... Uh, I feel like I recognize that other gal next to Common in this thing. And I see Ilhan Omar. Mildly attractive, right? Yeah, yeah Super Dave? Anybody? <laughs> uh, who's that gal? Do you know that name of, that, of this gal right here? Uh, Hassan? I recognize her. Is she an actress? The light-skinned girl? Yeah. I'm blanking, but... Me I, too. Yeah. I feel like I've, we've, we might have covered her before. Um, she's, she's very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like it. <laughs> Mildly attractive, though. Um, Cortez, Sandy Cortez. There he is with uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the number three there, Hassan. Um, so this guy was rubbing elbows with all the evil people. These... Mama spirit, fake do-gooder SJW communist people. Well, he couldn't help it. He was a son of, he grew up in the, he was a son of a Sundance type of lady. Who, since before he was born, she was involved in the Sundance. You know, the movies, independent movies things? He was involved in movies world. His IG, his Instagram... This man got killed. He was murdered, allegedly. 
home invaded and murdered by a woman, a black woman, homeless black woman living out of her car. Not everything that is faced can be changed, he says, quoting somebody, but everything, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. And he quotes, it's a quote from James Baldwin. James Baldwin is a black, radical, homosexual, late, dead, communist, liberal, white hater, black hater, really, famous from the old decades ago, James Baldwin. Maybe he was a talented writer, I don't know. I don't know, I I don't have really a problem with that quote. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. It's kind of a nice quote. Founder of Lead with Love. We lead with love. And he's trying to be a loving guy. And so he... Whatever. Film and marketing consultant. Worked closely with Ryan Coogler, whoever that is, and Common, the rapper, black. Light-skinned black. Radical. Also dated a radical black light-skinned gal as I recall, on a series of social justice campaigns was shot and killed in his home Monday night, the LAPD has confirmed. I remember this shooting happening because I got an alert on my Citizen app. Oh, shooting. And it was up in that mid-Wilshire area, like a couple miles away. You know, over where, like, Biggie died. A little bit further. Social Impact Marketing Agency. Marketing. Marketing. Fake do-good or feel-good mess. He worked with that evil woman, Ava DuVernay, who made the Selma movie with the foreigner playing MLK. And she also made that evil movie about the Central Park Five or something like that, When They See Us or something. Fake news, fake documentary thing. Pretending that they were uh, forced to confess, forced confessions. There was no evidence of that. But blacks just steamroll with their lies. And communists do that too. Blacks and communists kind of go hand in hand nowadays. Warner Brothers and evil Netflix. Evil Netflix. Netflix CEO and his wife. I will remind you, I've said it many times. In addition to George Soros, funded uh, the campaign of evil George Gascon. The former Republican, he's a Cuban Republican, turned communist whom Black Lives Matter endorsed for uh, DA, District Attorney of Los Angeles County. So this guy supported all the evil that came down on himself. Apparently, I don't know. And political initiatives that married art and activism. According to LAPD, he was shot in the 900 block of Allendale Avenue around 6 p.m. Monday. Taken by paramedics to a nearby hospital where he died. I think it was up way north of, like, Olympic or somewhere around there. I don't know know, geography. Police arrested Jamila, J-A-M-E-E-L-A-H, Elena Michel, Michel, Michael, M-I-C-H-L, age 36, who lived in her car. Prosecutors charged her with murder and burglary. Isn't that home invasion? If he was there... It's home invasion, Wednesday. Held on $3 million bail. Burglary is when they're not home. I guess it's burglarized when you're home too, but it's home invasion. They've not disclosed a motive. 
He's the son of Michelle Satter. Satter, founding senior director of artist programs at the Sundance Institute. Satter, Michelle Satter, different last name, interestingly, has worked with Sundance since 1981, well before this guy was born. Show that last one, number nine. She posted on X, a tribute to her son on X yesterday, Wednesday. He devoted his career to supporting artists, champion organi- championing organizations, raise up artists of color, lay, and leverage storytelling for enduring change. Meaning he was a do-gooder, tried to do good, communists, mama spirit. Our beloved son fell victim to a tragic act of violence this week. We celebrate his legacy, love, and compassion. She posted. Well, rest in peace, guy. Dude, this guy was supporting all kinds of evil stuff. He did digital marketing for Fruitvale Station. Dude! <laughs> uh, Fruitvale Station, the 2013 uh, fake news film, San Francisco area, Oakland, California. That was in New Year's Day 2010, I think it was. Um, that guy, like, he was kind of resisting arrest, and they shot him in the, in the back, but stupid stuff. A single father, a mess of a guy. In a 2019 Forbes profile, Lat said marketing that marked a turning point station up in Oakland. And it's ghetto up in Oakland. You don't want to be in Oakland. But they want to, oh, highlight, oh, the police are doing wrong. I'm sure the police are doing wrong because they have their hands full with the crime from the blacks and Hispanics up in Oakland. Am I right? I think I'm right. He said, working on... Ryan Coogler's Fruitvale station opened my eyes to how prevalent and insidious white supremacy is in our country and also showed me the potent power of storytelling to change hearts and minds. Yeah, lies. Storytelling. Lies. But, you know, they're liberals. You know, what do, they, what do you expect? He marketed films Birth of a Nation. That was uh, not the good one. <laughs> I don't know if there was a good one. But uh, not the, the black, white-hating one. If Beale Street could talk, I'm not your Negro, Negro. Crazy Rich Asians. Worked for Imagine Justice, profi- non-profit f- co-founded by Common. Advocates for prison reform. Prison reform, meaning let the criminals out of jail. And was a cult consultant for Ava DuVernay, the evil woman. Blackout for human rights, communist buzzword. So... What a mess, huh? Guys, this is the top of the hour. I got to play some music and uh, get back to calls and any more Super Chats and more stories. This is, it's Frodus Thursday. Frodus Thursday. Hope you guys enjoy this track. Uh, Out Circuit the Ending from the 2001 album. And we washed our weapons in the sea. Enjoy, guys, and I'll be right back for Hour 2. Hang tight.
I like the vibe of this track. May not be everyone's cup of tea. Cute little squirrel. Yeah, we were showing a spider. El Nino spider, I called it. On the video feed here. Squirrels now. It's Christian, guys. Beautiful cat. I like the bass in this, too. At least I'm not innocent, chainless, undying. At least I'm not innocent, born without wings. <laughs> Give me Maud Hake with the terrible back and can't play soccer. Uh, thank you guys for bearing with me through the beautiful music. I got to get back to calls, guys. Nathan in Illinois has been on hold. Nathan, thanks for calling. What's up? How you doing? Doing fine. How are you, James? Doing fine as well. Thank you. Awesome. Have you, uh, have you seen or heard about the new, uh, Daily Wire movie? No. What is it? Oh, man. It looks so R-worded. Etarded, <laughs> etarded um, Ray, etard Ray. <laughs> it's um, it is called Lady Balls or something like that. Oh, it's about transgender sports. No, it's just like so vulgar. Yeah, and then uh, why do they do that? Called? I don't like them. And then and then it's like uh, who's the, who are those? What's it called when like people make actors make brief appearances? Cameo, like uh, yeah. So, like, uh, Matt Walsh makes a cameo, of course. Right. What is the woman guy? Uh-huh. And you can't, you can't possibly answer the question, right? 
That's and then, funny. Uh, ben Shapiro is in it too, of course. Yeah, Ted Cruz is in it. Oh man, <laughs> you gotta you gotta check the trailer out. It looks that's it funny. So, it's horrible, man. It's horrible, and then it just like demonstrates like I looked on Twitter and saw the people commenting like in support. It's like gonna be the funniest movie ever. It's just like man, like these people on the right wing manipulating the media would literally have you just like like the fo- the Fox right wingers. Fox right wing media just has them wrapped around their finger. It's just funny to me. Yeah, it's terrible, man. I it reminds me of like the Christian movies and things like that where it's just Maybe higher higher budget, but it's still like corny, hokey, shallow, woman oriented, um, intellectual. It's like kind of like the God's Not Dead movies, which I kind of liked them. They were kind of fun, but it was still, it was still lame. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think (laughs) I've seen them. You haven't even seen them? No. Yeah, I don't. Lady Ballers. Lady (laughs) Ballers. Lady, yeah, Ballers Lady Ballers is the name, right? That's funny. Yeah, and they made the trailer like a whole like four minutes or something. Oh, <clears throat> is so it's not very. You did not find it compelling, huh? No, it seemed like an Adam Sandler, like it had the Adam Sandler kind of vibe to it, like a Happy Madison. Oh, it looked like Happy Gilmore. It was just yeah, or Happy like Somebody uh, that production line, Happy Madison. Oh, they, oh, like, oh okay. He goes terrific, mm. but. It just looks, man, it, like manipulative to a T. What do you just mean by like, manipulative? Like it looks like they're playing into the whole like charade that's been like etched into the right wing of being like anti-trans and that. Like as Joel said, like that's not the way that's gonna do yeah. them any good. Making a movie mocking them, it's just gonna bring about more conflict and that's confusion. true. Good point. So. Yeah, yeah so they. You I know what I'm, they've they've surrendered on so much stuff. They've surrendered on the gays, the uh, sex out of wedlock. I mean, some of these guys are not for that, right? Like Ben Shapiro, I think is for being moral, and so is Matt Walsh. But it's it's kind of like this low hanging fruit. Oh yes, everybody knows that that's wrong. It's kind of like drawing the line, your moral line at um, everything is okay except for PDF files you know right pretty soon you're gonna be accepting that they're gonna be accepting the transgender stuff oh as long as you're a transgender but for what's right yeah it's like drawing a line on in the sand at a beach and then but you're drawing a line in the ocean (laughs) yeah and it just gets washed away yeah Yeah, and then one more thing i wanted i wanted to talk about is uh fasting fasting like uh i noticed a lot of people like fast for like themselves like i mean of course it's good to fast for yourself but they like they're so boastful about it these days and like i make an effort to just keep it between myself and god and it's just very fascinating to me to see how like everybody's like you'll see like andrew tate like yeah man i don't have to eat for a day and then i smoke cigars and drink coffee poop poop water all day man but like it's just like dude like it's uh I don't, have you noticed that? Like I haven't. Trend of like I know. Thing. I know that people do kind of flaunt their holiness, flaunt their do-gooderness. That's why it's people like, will be all public about this the giveaways that they do. 
You'll notice that right. Trump, there are stories of Trump doing giveaways in, in sort of just secret, just between him and, and the person. And the person yeah. may tell it years later, but he didn't broadcast it. And I don't know, sometimes he can be showy, but I think that it's better to do your giving and your prayer and your fasting or whatever you're doing in secret. You're right. Absolutely. I mean, that's what the Bible yeah. says. It's like, I've noticed, like, it, uh, it's like a tool. It's not, like, and people use it for, like, vanity to be, like, to lose weight or feel healthier or whatever. But it's, like, it's really a tool to reveal to you God's plans and... Uh, oh, yeah? Forth, so think. fasting has revealed to you, like, God's plans? No, fasting reveals, like, plans and ideas. For like businesses and stuff. Oh, okay. So you get like that's like what I that's the way I took the Bible verse about it. Oh, really? Yeah. I know that there has been times where the Bible tells where where God in the Bible told them to either fast or not participate in s with their wives or whatever in preparation for something that's like a. A high pressure situation like a war or something that they have to prepare for. Mm, that makes sense. Or and then Jesus, there were some demons that Jesus drove out that the his disciples couldn't do it, and he said these this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. I think he said that huh. in the Bible somewhere. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I I, all I had. Cool, man. Nice call. call. It's, it's good to hear from you, Nathan. You as well. All right, take care. Bye. I hung up on him because I thought he might be clicking on me. Uh, it's funny. Somewhat. So Elon Musk told X, or is standing up for X. <laughs> is he doing it in the right way? I don't know. He was interviewed with Andrew Ross Sorkin. Andrew Sorkin. Is Andrew Sorkin the guy who was talking to, he's on CNBC, Squawk. Yeah, 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 I think this guy, founder of DealBook, co-creator of Billions on Showtime. Oh, I didn't know that. Co-chair of NYPL's New York Public Library's BLC, whatever that is. And he's a proud dad, Andrew Sorkin. He's a, 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 not that young, I guess, I don't know. Jewish man. I think he's Jewish. And he was interv- interviewing, uh, who's that guy? ADL. Bald. Not Lex Luthor. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, Greenblatt. Jonathan Greenblatt. And he was kind of confronting Greenblatt on something. And Greenblatt was like kind of trying to shame him or something. I don't know. It was, it was interesting. But anyway, Andrew Sorkin. Seems like a nice guy. He was interviewing Elon Musk on a stage about X, Twitter, for his, this thing that he founded, this deal book. All one word, deal book with a capital B. New York Times columnist Andrew Ross Sorkin and his colleagues helped make sense of major business and policy news and the power brokers who shape them. Dealbook.newyorktimes.com. Wow, good for you, Andrew Sorkin. So this guy is interviewing Elon Musk, billionaire South African, 
is he American, Elon Musk? And Elon Musk tells him, you know, about, about these advertisers who accused him of, or not the advertisers didn't accuse him, the evil ADL and liberals, like my former guest, it was the same, it was the very same day that I interviewed Stardust. Remember I interviewed Stardust? That same day, later in the day, I saw her check out this tweet by Elon Musk responding, you have told the actual truth to a man who posted about how Jewish people are, uh, are smearing whites as racist, which they are. They're among the liberals who do that. In some cases, they're leading the, the charge. <laughs> and then they're also, like, supporting the flooding of uh, America with these immigrants and refugees and illegals. They're the mama spirit, feel-good, do-gooder people. Or else they're just very subversive, too. Who knows? Either way, evil wins, right? Whether by hook or by crook, it's happening. In these white countries flooding with hordes of people who end up not even liking the whites or the Jews. And this guy's like, excuse me if I don't feel sorry for these guys suddenly coming to the realization that these people don't like them either. They'll bite the the hand that feeds them. And Elon Musk posted, you have told the actual truth. Some weeks back, right? It's been a while. And people are like, oh, he endorsed an anti-Semitic great replacement theory, conspiracy theory that Jews are replacing white con- whites in their countries with immigrants and uh, clamping down the birth rates with uh, pornography and birth control and abortion and whatever else. And college as you mummification or whatever you want to call it. And Elon Musk apologized for it. <laughs> Apparently, according to this story, the ladies at the skim say Elon Musk said that that tweet that he said where he said you have told the actual truth was uh, one of the most foolish, if not the most foolish thing I've ever done on the platform of X, Twitter. But he's accusing advertisers of blackmail. Because they're saying, oh, X is allowing anti-Semitism on their platform and advertisers are advertising right next to anti-Semitism instances. No such thing as anti-Semitism, right? But there are people who are blaming the Jews or being kind of nasty towards the Jews. And so he said this advertiser boycott is going to kill the company. He said, you don't want to, you want to like control my, you want to blackmail me? I don't know if blackmail is the right word for it, but, like, hang this over my head and try to control my speech? He said, go bleep yourself. Well, he didn't say bleep. He said the F word. Tune in to American Anchor, baby. You may be able to hear him say it. So he supposedly apologized for endorsing that supposedly anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, which is a cultural reality. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a cultural reality. There may be some conspiracy involved, right? Some NGOs who are doing stuff in secret way down there, bringing them in, right? I've talked about this many times, I think. But he says that. I think I have... uh, Yes, I do have some tweets related to this incident. 
Jespau posted, Twitter makes an extremely strong case against uh, the billionaires shouldn't exist trope. You know how liberals, communists, socialists say billionaires shouldn't exist? They should just give their money away? That's too much money. You shouldn't be have that mu- having that much money. In fact, Twitter proves that we need to maintain at least one person worth $44 billion. And he's referring to Elon Musk. Because Elon Musk posted this. The degree to which all Twitter was basically a sock puppet of the government was ridiculous, he said at this summit. And this man named Sam Lyman, Sam Lyman 33, gives some information, some history, a history lesson. Don't know if it's true, but he says before, states before 1436, Rome dominated Europe by holding absolute control over the narrative formation. Other historians have called into Hake's show, given history lessons about Rome and narrative. The invention of the printing press changed everything. Elon's purchase of Twitter, the printing press, people were able to mass produce propaganda. The Bible and other, and which is true propaganda, and other propaganda. Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter, the next step in the democratization of information. It put a printing press in each of our hands, and the high priests of a dying order hate him for that. That's the failing New York Slimes hates him, the mainstream media, the liberals, the ADL, Anti-Defamation League, that they want a monopoly on defamation. They, only, they want to be able to defame the whites and the Christians and the black Hebrew Israelites, I guess, <laughs> and the Nazis, and uh, not be defamed, pretending that they're protecting the uh, Jews from being defamed. So, uh, what else happened? Linda Yaccarino. Interesting point, huh? Linda Yaccarino, CEO of Twitter. Elon Musk made her, made her CEO of X. She posted this. Today, Elon Musk gave a wide-ranging and candid interview at DealBook 2023. He also offered an apology, an explanation, and an explicit point of view about our position. X is enabling an information independence. It's uncomfortable for some people. We're a platform that allows people to make their own decisions. And here's my perspective when it comes to advertising. X is standing at a unique and amazing intersection of free speech and Main Street. And the X community is powerful and is here to welcome you. To our partners who believe in our meaningful work, thank you. And the evil ladies at the skim claim that uh, Elon Musk told advertisers to F themselves. Bleep themselves. Don't say that word, kids. But he didn't tell advertisers that. He said the ones who are f- caving to this pressure to boycott X over this freedom of speech. And mostly the freedom of speech that's clamped down on is freedom to tell the truth or have a outside the accepted narrative independent thinking people. But, but... Let me tell you one thing. There is one balance to all this. Mark Dice posted this on X in response to Linda Yak Carino. Alex Jones is still banned now, though. That's my competitor, AJ. 
Alex Jones still banned for live streaming a conversation on Periscope. Remember, remember Periscope? I'm streaming on what used to be Periscope. Zero people watching over on X, right? Nobody watches on X. <laughs> uh, a CNN reporter, formerly from The Blaze, did you know that? In Washington, D.C., outside a congressional hearing, CNN claimed that was harassment and so, or harassment, and so Twitter, under the old regime, banned him, and Elon has not restored his account, proving that any talk about this being a supposed free speech platform is BS, bogus speech. Don't get nervous. Right on, Mark Dice. I think he's a Christian. Yeah, I think Elon's excuse for not putting Alex Jones back on, my competitor, is because I have sons. I, and uh, Elon Musk, or Alex Jones hurt those parents' feelings after the, um, after the shooting in, uh, the liberal shooting in Newtown, Massachusetts, or wherever that was. Remember that? Ten years ago or so? 12 years, 11 years, something like that. Um, and he sicked all his followers on them to harass the families of the victims. And so he owes a billion dollars to them. Evil, huh? And so Elon Musk, not, putting, not bringing him back is because he feels bad about something completely unrelated to this situation. That's odd. I think Elon Musk is just picking his battles on whom... He can restore. I personally don't think Elon Musk has any problem with Alex Jones. But I don't know him. I think he's improved it, though, Mark Dice, in his defense. So he links an AP, a far-left AP news article from 2018. Twitter permanently bans Alex Jones and InfoWars, citing abuse. An article by Barbara Ortute from September 2018. Infowars Alex Jones seeks answers from Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey is this liberal guy, just ridiculous person. He used to be with The Blaze, you know, the conservative Christian Mormon outlet under Glenn Beck. Twitter said Jones posted a video on Wednesday that violates the company's policy against abusive behavior, quote-unquote. The video showed Alex Jones berating CNN journalist Oliver Darcy for some 10 minutes, but they were having a conversation. But he's aggressive. His voice is aggressive, so, oh, abusive behavior. Oh, poor Oliver Darcy. I call him Alex Darcy. Jack Darcy? Wait, Jack Darcy? Oh, no, that's Jack Dorsey of Twitter. Alex Darcy. Alex Dar- Oliver Darcy. I don't know these names. <laughs> Oliver Darcy. Not Jack Darcy. I don't know. I'm, hopefully you guys are not as confused as Hake. Jack Dorsey was, Jack Dorsey was f- Twitter's former like, co-founder guy. Liberal. Nice. And then Oliver Darcy. C is the CNN so-called journalist. Between two congressional hearings on social media, Jack Dorsey testified at both hearings but not appeared to witness 
the confrontation. A journalist is supposed to handle heckling. Journalists heckle and harass and abuse people all the time. There was this liberal independent journalist guy who just recently went on the quiet car on the train to confront a liberal politician about Israel bombing, you know, people in uh, Palestine. And that was harassment. It was not harassment. It was just a confrontation. And it was against the rules. Did Twitter ban him? That guy? No. They've been wanting any excuse to ban Alex Jones, I guess. Evil people, huh? So right on Mark Dice for pointing out, uh, that out and bringing us some recent history and context to this mess. Twitter employees, bunch of SJWs. Greenwall says the value of those Twitter employees to wasn't zero, it was negative. I, I'll skip that. One of the words, some of the words, just for the sake of uh, being nice. Yeah, yeah, true. They're bringing evil into the world. Man, people are so brainwashed. Ah, but what, you, what do you expect? The world is evil. What? Oh, I'm so shocked. The world is evil. That's in the Bible the world's going to be evil. <laughs> There's this liberal guy who quit Twitter. Um, Peter Zahan. Peter Zahan. I saw this. It was shared by, uh, let's see, liberal leaving X Twitter. On, uh, it's, a new, it's a new folder there, Hassan. This uh, Peter Zahan. Zahan? Z-E-I-H-A-N. Geopolitical strategist, speaker author, New York Times bestselling author, why I'm done with Twitter. Oh, do you see it in there? Yeah, it's the liberal leaving X, Twitter. What was once a platform where you could access open source information that was reliable and free has now been laid to rest by Elon Musk. Yes, I'm talking about that little blue bird we've known and loved for years. And he posts his, uh, (laughs) <laughs> and there's a proposed community notes that I'm looking at that Peter Zahan is not leaving Twitter as the image shared on this post suggests. At the end of the accompanying video, he says that he will stay checking it. I haven't watched the video, but he posts his YouTube video and a MailChimp newsletter thing saying, what does his MailChimp say? I'm not one for beating dead horses, but at the very least, I'd like to explain my reasoning. One is misinformation. You get all kinds of evil misinformation from major sources like AP. What are you talking about, man? Anyway, he can't hear me. If, Peter Zahan, if you're watching Hake right now, get it together. Pull yourself together, man. The lax content moderation policies have opened the floodgates of disinformation. I wonder how true that is. Number two, the, the lack of meaningful interactions 
What was once a breeding ground for stimulating conversations has become a vat of unintelligible sludge. I haven't seen much difference. I'm not on X all that much. Elon Musk, I simply can't support anything that man does anymore. What are you talking about? Show his, uh... There's one that's why I'm done with Twitter or X or whatever you call it post. I didn't label these very well. He's being all smart mouthed. You know it's called X. Mr. Smarty Pants Zahan on geopolitics. While I'm saying goodbye to Twitter for personal use, we'll still distribute my videos there. Oh, so he's not leaving it. <laughs> he's just leaving it for personal use, so he claims. This is so, so womanly. I think I'll believe it when I see it. There's been a lot of people who have left but, and stayed gone, but this guy, <laughs> he's in, he thinks he doth pro- protest too much. This is like some people, women, women don't mean what they say, uh, gays, they don't mean what they say. Oh, you don't have to worry about me. This is my last interaction with you. The, these people say, these people will, who want to harass and hound and stalk and just get obsessed with you. And sure enough, you hear from them again. <laughs> and the women will admit that, that's, that uh, they don't, I don't mean what, I, I didn't mean that. It was just words. So I'm wondering if this is a similar thing. Anyway, uh, he has a big following on YouTube. This guy. I'm done with Twitter or X or whatever you call it. 674,000 subscribers. Nice. Congrats, dude. Zayhan. I never heard of him. <laughs> Jib Jab says it's hilarious because Elon doesn't answer to anyone. I mean, I I appreciate Elon Musk for what he is, right? Not not too excited about him, nor too against him. I wonder if this will help him in the long run. Him him saying, "Go forget yourselves, you uh, lameo advertisers." And he, I don't think it was stupid of him to endorse that thing as true, I think it was true. What he said about, it wasn't a conspiracy. It just sounded like, it sounded similar to the conspiracy theory thing. Anyway, this, I don't know what this guy's beef is with uh, Elon Musk, but he's paying more attention to Twitter than than me, so maybe he knows something I don't. Anyway, that's too much serious stuff. Let's talk about Shallow stuff. Cher is 77 years old and her song Believe. Do you believe in life after love? She was already old to me and over the hill to me when that song. She came out with a Christmas album, by the way. She's part Indian, American Indian, and she's part. What's uh, Kanye's wife's? Armenian. Armenian. Yeah, thank you. BC's Today interviewed her. Believe, that song Believe came out 25 years ago. I was in high school 25 years ago? Because I feel it came out when I was in high school. Like, I feel like I was a sophomore in high school. But it must not have been then, because sophomore year was 
96, 97. And that would have been 26 years ago. So the Believe song must have come out in 1998. So I would have been a junior. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Maybe even 98, 99, I was a senior. Uh, she hates age. What's interesting, I, will, I guess I'll spare you, unless you want to pull up a picture, but don't freeze Wirecast of Cher. I didn't grab any pictures of her. She has a song that's 50 years old, by the way, that one that JLP sings uh, from when she was like 27, 27 years old, <laughs> about a half-breed, because she's part American Indian. She says, it make, makes me mad. This woman is so e- evil. She's evil. Cher, she hates Trump. She has a, she used to be Sonny and Cher. Her husband was Sonny, I guess. And Sonny Bono? Bono or Bono? Whatever. And they have Chastity, who turned unchaste and became Chaz. Oh. So this woman is off the deep end. You got to cut her some slack. She's a musician. She's a liberal. Oh, there she is. Half-breed. Thank you, man. She looked kind of sunken cheeks. You can tell she is part American Indian. I, had I found this picture I would have, and had time, I would have censored that belly. <laughs> <laughs> she does planks for like five minutes, I heard. Or am I thinking Madonna? There she is. <sighs> like Cruella de Vil. Yikes. <laughs> She's had some plastic surgery. Well, sure enough, she is an enemy of age. Believe was a smash hit, spending four weeks on number one Billboard Hot 100. Must have been a slow month, huh? Netting Cher her lone Grammy Award for best dance recording. Must have been gay-friendly. Because that was when the gays were all going, starting to go crazy. That was the first time I'd ever heard of this term called uh, homophobic. I actually heard it out the mouth of a high schooler at that point. I'm like, you NPC, but I didn't have the words for NPC back then. (laughs) And there was this Egyptian Muslim girl who's like, in in this class, because this guy said, oh, I'm a homosexual. And this Muslim girl, Egyptian, light-skinned, oh, get away from me. (laughs) And he's like, oh, my God, that's homophobic. This Asian gay. I'm like reliving this class. This uh, sophomore year piano class. That's why I thought that this gal was happening in sophomore year. Maybe I was junior. No, I wasn't junior. That's why. Okay. And so that woman was, well, I don't want to dox her. That young lady, uh, successful young gal. I knew her since the homophobic uh, Egyptian Muslim gal. I think she was Muslim. She couldn't dance. I mean, she was not allowed to dance. It was against her religion. I forget what I was going to say. Anyway. So anyway, 25 years, the Believe 
do you believe in life after love? She's 77 years old, and she didn't like that it's 25. She hates it. She said, my mother didn't mind age. This person in her interview with Today, I guess. But I hate it, she responded. And you can tell that she hates it. Look at her. She's trying to hold on to that youth. Her mom, Georgia Holt, Holt, died at age 96 in December of 2022, a year ago about. This guy who interviewed her struggled with turning 70, and she said, I'd give anything to be 70 again. Poor gal. What a mess. So that's her. It's very difficult because I've lived too long. I've done too many things. It would have to be like an encyclopedia if she were to write a memoir. (laughs) She has done a lot of stuff. I Got You, Babe. That's a great song. I Got You, Babe. She should have gotten a Grammy for that, not Believe. Believe is catchy, I guess. Yeah, I I liked it. But I Got You, Babe, nothing compares to that. Did I Got You, Babe get a Grammy, Sonny and Cher? Her face permanently has that expression. Yeah, poor ladies with plastic surgery face. Wait, what? Hassan, explain. What are you saying? Well, Believe was one of the first like, pop songs. Yeah. That was auto-tuned. Right. Whoa, that's true. I remember it was auto-tuned. She had a good voice. She didn't have to do that. Well, a lot of but people... But it was stylish. It sounded cool. Yeah, and a lot of people... Uh, actually use it they just uh turn down the alien effect like okay so it's not as uh noticeable they do it in order to correct their pitch because they're flat or sharp yeah correct the pitch but then also like you just said it became almost like more of an aesthetic that yeah just picked up and people just like it so even good singers sometimes use it just because they like the texture of it yeah Um, it is a cool sound I, I like it. I, don't, I used to be kind of a purist. I didn't like stuff. I didn't even like people vo- putting their vocals on top of vocals. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, me own. neither. I don't like that either. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're, you're singing over yourself. You couldn't do that in real life. Yeah, it's but, true. Uh, I don't even like punching in because of that. Like, um, I like to do one full take. Okay. Like, not, it's called punching in. I'm trying to think of like the more, uh, uh, Maybe proper way of saying like it. Like with rappers when they have, oh, when you rappers at, you, or singers, um, yeah, like where you record and then stop and then pick up and then record. Again. Oh, I like just doing it all the way through because, in like you tape. said, it, it, in a performance you can't right, you can't do that. So yeah. yeah, I mean there is a place for for everything, I suppose. Maybe yeah, there I, is. If you, wanna, I don't have to be such a purist because people can do amazing things with. Technology. Yeah, but like back in the day, like the reason why a lot of those songs from the the sixties and the seventies, they 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 were just jamming through. Right. So there was not a lot of stopping and punching and they had to do everything. The they you know, they were they were performing. They right. Were, the whole band and So sometimes you can hear mistakes in like the drum was slightly offbeat or somebody hit a wrong note. Yeah, but, but they I, just played it through and that was the best take. Yeah, and that human error I think of like 
just humans doing it is what kind of made a lot of those songs um, have that energy. So yeah, yeah, it's you know it's interesting. That is, but I do believe that believe was the first the first major Grammy winning like pop smash that uh, utilized it. Auto tune, yeah, I, I believe so. Interesting. There's auto tune in uh, when that guy goes into the Matrix. <laughs> that's that's not it. Oh, I didn't know that. in the movie The Matrix. Yeah, it turns. He's screaming, and then or something like goes down his throat, and then it it turns into. Wow! Like I don't know. That's one movie I haven't seen. You you oh really? You beat me out on that one. I haven't even. I haven't the one seen movie the you've movies. seen, I, have, <laughs> I haven't seen. Well, good for you because it was made by transgenders. Oh wow! I mean, they turned transgender later, and now transgenders claim that movie. It's a transgender movie. <laughs> wow! Interesting, huh? Yeah, mess. Wild. Uh, so moving on from Cher, there's another older lady singer, songwriter, who's in the news. Um. A mother whose son died of opioids. This is sort of crazy. Um, I'd never heard of this gal, knowingly anyway, that I recall. Melissa Etheridge. And I saw this on NBC's Today as well. Melissa Etheridge talked about losing her son to opioid addiction. Um, I guess it happened a few years ago. On something called Making Space. So she's a celebrity? I didn't know that. Oh, look at her. <laughs> Looks kind of like a charming gal. Kind of funny. Or wannabe funny type of gal. Talented singer or songwriter somewhat. 62 years old. Actually a fairly interesting lady. But I didn't know this about her. She's... I don't want to say dyke. She's not morally straight, but that wasn't the point of it. I guess she had a son somehow, and her son died of opioids. Look at her with her short hair. It makes sense that she's... And I didn't find that out that she was that until I looked at her spouse. I was looking for a spouse, you know, spouse, husband, husbands. I'm like, oh, she's had many. Well, no, she's had one spouse, so-called, Linda Wallum. I'm like, Linda? That's a woman's name. Julie Cipher. Partner. Partner? Julie? That's a woman's name. Tammy Lynn Michaels. That's a... Par- that's a woman. Four children, somehow. Four children. Don't ask me how. I don't really necessarily want to get into that. How she has four children... With all female so-called partners and spice spouses, spices, fake fake wives, right? Play acting. Sixty-two years old. Four children. Okay, so uh, opioid. In May thirteenth, twenty twenty, this woman Melissa Etheridge. In nineteen eighty-eight, she came out with like her own album. And she came out with this song, Bring Me Some Water. It doesn't ring a bell, but I was sheltered. And I was seven in 1988. Six, seven years old. Uh, she's come out with a, quite a few stuff, I guess. Won some awards. Pop music. 
May 13th, 2020, she announced, she announced on her Twitter that Beckett, her son, whom with Cypher, how does she have this son with Cypher? What the heck? Julie Cypher, I don't want to know. Died. Died of causes related to opioid addiction at the age of 21. And look at her, she's white. She, I don't know, maybe she's not normal white. She might not be a Christian. She might be, she might think she's a Christian, though. You know these gals who are in writing, music, showbiz, all that stuff? Look at her. She's a regular Mary Rice Hopkins. <laughs> not. No, Mary Rice Hopkins, way better than her. At least in terms of some moral sense, you know, I think. But this gal has a quite an interesting uh, stuff that she's into. I perused on on her uh, on her on her Wikipedia after reading about how she lost her son. Right? She claims that she feels the presence of her late son, whom she lost to opioid addiction. When I lost my son. I learned how much my capacity for love was on some podcast, she claimed. That's a younger picture of her. She's 62 now. Um, She used to text with him a lot. She used to always text with him a lot. Mama's boy. She had a mama's boy. A lesbian mama's boy. She feels that she, he's still with him, her. She released some, some uh, book called Talking to My Angels. I lost my father when I was 30. I'd already been kind of pulling on his energy and asking that. So, you know, I really feel surrounded. I call it Talking to My Angels, her son who died. A lot of whites are dying from these opioids. And I don't blame the Sackler family like Joe from Phoenix, Arizona does. I know a white gal. She was mildly attractive, about my age, give or take. I didn't know her well, but she overdosed, and it was opioids. Look at her. She's playing before a big old crowd, sort of. Not too shabby for someone I never heard of. (laughs) Many people I've never heard of, and and they're... at pull huge crowds, right? Why didn't she know her capacity for love when he was alive? Asks Kilo Alpha Tango. Fair question. Yeah, I don't think she knows what she's talking about with this love thing. She's more of like a feel-good, emotional thing. Talking about that fake love. Like Vosh. Remember I debated Vosh about that's not real love? And you're like, you have this non-emotional version of love. Doesn't make any sense. When I lost my son, I learned how much my capacity for love was. Not only loving him and missing him and being okay, but also loving myself enough not to go into major depression and guilt and shame, which so many families who lose loved ones to opioid addiction, just the shame is too big. It's huge. So I had to believe that there's an over-surrounding love to everything. Everything is love, she said. Well, she shouldn't feel... 
she shouldn't like delve into guilt and shame and mess. But it sounds like she kind of knows that she, you know, messed him up in some way. I think. He was a grown 21-year-old. But nowadays, people are kids. You heard Kyle Rittenhouse. He said, I'm a 20-year-old kid. And he sounded like a kid saying, calling himself a 20-year-old kid. Poor Kyle Rittenhouse. Jack Bauer, John Wick. May you in life, as in on the streets of Kenosha, handle yourself well. May angels guide your aim as they did on that fateful night. But this gal, this woman, I saw some stuff that caught my eye. L. Etheridge supported Barack Obama's, she's, perf- oh, oh, you saw that big crowd? That crowd was the Democrat National Convention. <laughs> That's not a real crowd for her. That's just the demon rats. Look at the demon rats. It's just showbiz. That looks like a CPAC convention. <laughs> or a, uh, not CPAC. The uh, TPUSA convention. All showbiz. It looks like a uh, mega church. <laughs> What's that thing called? Concert before the, the sermon, worship service. Yeah, that's really worshiping God there. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Demon rat convention. Okay, so this gal, she supported way back in 2009 in, uh, when Obama was getting inaugurated. You know, the worst president ever. At least in our lifetimes, I think. My lifetime. His decision to have Pastor Rick Warren... Rick Warren, speaking of megachurches, of Saddleback, this big old fat softie. Shout out to big old fat softies. Speak at the 2009 presidential inauguration, believing he can sponsor dialogue to bridge the gap between gay and straight Christians. She wrote a column in the evil Huffington Post. So maybe she was this feel-good liberal Christian woman. Maybe she's Christian. Isn't that kind of nice? She's like, sure, there are plenty of hateful people who will always hold on to their bigotry like a child to a blanket, but there are also good people out there, Christian and otherwise, that are beginning to listen. See, she means, well, she reminds me of that woman who's a Christian who wrote Harry Potter books. Did you know she's a Christian? I learned that from that guy who played death in Family Guy who died, the funny guy, Norm MacDonald, comedian. That she was a Christian and she based some of her stuff in Harry Potter on the Bible, on the Jesus story, I think. In October 2008, after the Supreme Court of California overturned the state's, listen to this, remember this? We, the people of the state of California, voted in a ban on so-called same-sex marriage, Prop 8. And the evil Supreme Court of California overturned it. She announced that she and somebody's were planning to quote unquote marry. Oh, Mary. Oh, somebody called Michaels. Not the Michaels, just somebody called Michaels.
Oh, okay. In November, t- okay, no, never mind. I got it backwards. The Supreme Court overturned the state's ban on same-sex marriage, and so we had prop. We passed Prop Eight. That was October two thousand eight. November two thousand eight. We the people, the people, Christians, and even atheists who have s- some f- semblance of common sense know that the gay thing is not right. It's not right. It's not to embrace as a so-called identity and. A marriage that doesn't make a family, it doesn't make babies. Um, ah, they separated <laughs> anyway. Lesbians tend to have a high, uh, oh my goodness, I'm almost is it almost over? <laughs> Lesbians have a high domestic violence rate. I learned that as a producer early on in the Jesse Lee Peterson show. All right, guys. Uh, guys, it's Thrash Thursday. I gotta play some uh, Extol. Those of you who don't like metal, you can leave. This is um, Inbidelse. Inbidelse. I don't know how to pronounce it. By Extol from the 1998 album Burial. Hope you enjoy it and adios, America. Bye. So good. Isn't this a vibe? It's in a foreign language. Norwegian metal. Christian. It's Christian. So good. Majestic. Yeah, yeah. Die on the 
Isn't this a vibe? <laughs> I know, take. There's some thrash in here, right? Norwegian. So good. I like the muffled lyric voice that you'll hear at the end of this. So cool. So good. Well, adios, America. Bye.